Because you are, we can always live in victory every day. You are alive. You have risen from the dead. You are high and lifted up. And this day your train fills the temple. Lord, may your presence permeate every spirit, every soul, and every body. May your resurrection life, your resurrection touch, quicken bodies and quicken minds today. Thank you, Master, for your presence in us and upon us today and among us. Move up and down every aisle. Move in every seat. Move in everybody's life. Touch their lives by your grace and by your resurrection power. In the mighty name above every name. We sang about it, the wonderful name of Jesus. You have no rival. Hallelujah. You have no rival. There's nothing that can stand up against the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you that there's victory and resurrection power today. Oh, we worship you, Lord. Oh, we lift our voice and magnify the Lord. We lift up the risen Savior. Glory to God. Glory to God. The Bible says that in His temple do we speak of His glory. Let's just say glory and give Him glory today. Oh, give glory to yourself, Lord. Give glory to yourself this day, Lord. With hands lifted up and hearts filled with praise. We are grateful, Lord. We are grateful that you, in fact, raised us up. You made us sit together with you in heavenly places. We thank you, Lord God, that you quickened us. Even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins. Thank you for your great mercy upon all of our lives. We have faith in the mercy of God today. We worship you. We honor you. And we thank you for your hand upon each and every one of our lives. On our relatives. Each and every one today. In the mighty name above every name. The name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe God's moving right now. I believe He's healing bodies. I believe He's healing bodies. I believe He's quickening bodies right now in the name of Jesus. Father, right now we say be healed. We say be whole. We say be strong in the name of Jesus. Lord, I sense in my spirit that there's several people that are going through a test right now. Lord, I ask that you would strengthen them in the midst of the test. In the name of Jesus. Even as Paul said that the grace of God was sufficient for him. We speak grace. We speak grace to those mountains of tests and trials. In the name of Jesus. God we're asking you for breakthroughs for every person today. Thank you Lord God. That the tests can turn into a glorious testimony. Of the power of God. And of the saving grace of God. Oh, let's keep our hands raised just for a moment. Oh, Brikishtama. Glory to God. We magnify your name, Lord. We magnify your name. Oh, blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be the name of Jesus. And in my spirit, I hear these words. Hope thou in God. All despondency, all disappointments, all discouragement has got to go in the presence of a risen Savior today. 
Lord, we thank you that you are our glory. And you are the very lifter up of every head in the name of Jesus. Lord God, where dreams have died and visions have dissipated, Lord, you quicken and you can make alive again purpose. You can make alive again your vision for our lives. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs that hope that is deferred or hope that has been put off it makes the heart sick or it makes the heart to stoop. We've been singing about resurrection power. That which is stooping is that which is down. Lord, I pray that every person would be lifted today. Lifted. Lifted by resurrection power. Lifted by the grace of God. Lifted by the anointing of God. Lifted up in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. I know that you led me last night to think about 1 Peter 1.3 that says that we have a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Thank you, Lord, that our hope is not dead because our God is not dead. Our hope is not dead because Jesus is alive. And so, Lord, may our hope soar once again. May despondency be removed. Discouragement be gone in the name of Jesus. Oh, I think we ought to say glory to God. Oh, lift your hands up. Lift your hands up. Lift your voice up. Oh, Brekishtema. Oh, Brekishtema. Thank you, Lord, that you make things that were dead alive again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. Well, the Holy Spirit's moving. You know, there's a message in every song. There's a message of redemption in everything that we have heard today. I encourage you for the balance of our time today to stay hooked and to keep your faith plugged in to that power that is ever so present in this place today. Jesus was teaching one day, and the scripture says that the power of the Lord was present to heal them. What Jesus taught was full of life. He himself said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. He prefaced that by saying, you know, the flesh profiteth nothing, but it is the spirit that quickeneth. When we talk about the word quickeneth, we're talking about something that has been made alive again. And so as Jesus was teaching and preaching the word of God that day, God's word was quickening their lives. Quicken us, O God, today, according to your word. And by your spirit we pray, in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. amen. Turn with me in your Bibles, if you would, this morning to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 3. The culmination and the crescendo of each of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, is the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. According to the Apostle Paul, the resurrection is of first importance. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 3, he said, For what I received I passed on to you, 
as of the first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, verse 4, that He was buried and that He was raised on the third day according to the Word of the Lord. I love what Max Anders said. He said, this is the message of the resurrection. Life springs forth from death. A desert becomes a garden. Beauty transcends the ugly. Love overcomes hatred. A tomb is emptied. The grim and haunting outline of a cross is swallowed up by the glow of an Easter morning sunrise. You know, when we celebrate Easter, the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, oftentimes the celebration points to the past as well as it should. And it also points to our future resurrection when, thank God, our bodies will be glorified and we're going to be out of here and will forever be with the Lord. But oftentimes, the present day benefits of His resurrection power are overlooked. Resurrection is a historical fact. It is something to be celebrated, but it is also a current reality to be experienced. Amen? And today, in His presence, we're experiencing His resurrection power flowing in our very beings, encouraging our very hearts. I want to talk to you this morning about three present-day benefits of His resurrection power. Number one, because Jesus was raised from the dead, He has a purpose and He has a plan for your life. Amen. Is He not the same yesterday, today, and forever? I love what Billy Graham said. Billy Graham is in heaven right now. He's received his reward. He said this, Before the resurrection of Christ, the Holy Spirit came upon individuals only on certain occasions for special tasks. But now, after the resurrection, Christ through the Holy Spirit dwells in the heart of every believer to give us supernatural power in living our daily lives. This is my prayer for you this Easter, that may all the gifts and the benefits that come from our Lord Jesus Christ be yours both now and forevermore. Say with me, God's got a plan. God's got a purpose for my life. Now, you may not know what that purpose is. You may be like the guy that said, you know, my life's got a great cast. I just can't figure out the plot. Or someone else has said, I hope life isn't a joke because I don't get it. Now, there's different ways that people try to figure out what their purpose is. One way they do it is by speculation. In other words, they do guesswork about what their purpose is. You know, you can go to the library and you can find thousands of books on self-helps. It's kind of like, just pick a purpose. You can go in a pauper and come out a doctor. You can go in not being able to carry a tune in the bucket and walk out like Mozart. But the problem with picking your purpose is, is it doesn't work. God has not called us to decide what our purpose is. He has called us to discover what our purpose is. Amen? 
Now, a second way that people try to figure out what their purpose is, is by imagination. Well, just make up a purpose for your life. Just make up a purpose for your life. And then another way is through introspection. Just look within. You know, Eastern religion is full of that kind of thought. Just look within. There's a lot of self-help books on looking within. New age seminars. Get yourself a crystal and you just might find out why you're here. You know, just trust the force, Luke. None of that stuff works. You cannot tell yourself what your purpose is because you did not create you. The only way that you're going to discover your purpose and his plan for your life is to talk to your creator and read the owner's manual. You will find from Genesis to Revelations, God's plan, God's purpose for your life. I submit to you today, the word of the Lord. I submit to you that revelation is the only way that you're going to find what your purpose is. Asking your creator to reveal it to you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and I want you to notice verse 15. 2 Corinthians, the 5th chapter, and the 15th verse says this. Jesus included everyone in his death so that everyone could be included in his life. A resurrection life. What kind of life? A resurrection life, which is what kind of life? A far better life. This resurrection life is far better than any life that is outside of these walls. This resurrection life is a far better life than people have ever lived on their own. Amen. You know, when we, th- we think of the term better life, we don't use that term very often. In California, we use the term the good life. You know, we think that we're authorities on the good life. What does the good life mean? Well, the good life basically means this, looking good, feeling good, and having the goods. Now, there ain't nothing wrong with looking good. I believe we ought to do our very best to look good. And it's sure enough, it's good to feel good. Amen. And how many of you know it's good to have the goods? But there's only problem with the good life. It's not good enough. It's not the better life. It's not the kind of life that Jesus came to give us to the full, to its fullest, until it overflows. You were made for more than just the good life. You were made for more than success. You know, you can be successful, make a lot of money, be good looking, be good cooking, be doing just great, and not know your purpose in life. You were made for more than survival. You were made for more than just to exist. You were made for a purpose. The Bible says, in Christ Jesus, God created you and he made you his masterpiece. And he's placed on the inside of you his pattern and he's put before you his path for you to walk in. You know what? I was preparing for these messages and seeking the Lord about uh, what to say to you on Easter Sunday. 
one of the things that came up in my spirit, I think it was during one of our prayer meetings, the Spirit of the Lord began to talk to me about course corrections. Course corrections. That's C-O-U-R-S-E, course. You know, God's got a course for all of us. You know what happens sometimes? Life happens and it's easy to get off course. It's kind of easy to let priorities go. You know, maybe at one time you were in church all the time and in the Word every day and living a life of prayer. Because, but because life happens, you just kind of let some of the basics go. How many of you know it's important to keep the basics alive in our life? Amen? I mean, we all have basics that we're supposed to do in our, in our daily lives. In other words, like take a shower, brush our teeth. Oh, don't let that one go. What happens is it starts stinking. Now, I'm not accusing of anybody of stinking today. But I tell you one thing for sure, religion stinks. And life can get very difficult when we get off course. And I believe what the Holy Spirit was saying to me is this. I want many of my people to make some course corrections on Easter Sunday to where they've gotten off just a little bit and to get back on the path, to get back on the purpose and to get back in the plan of God. Amen. I believe with all of my heart that that is the will of God. You will find this when you get on the right path, life gets better and life gets more greater in your life. Amen. Glory to God. Say with me, He's come to give me the better life. Somebody says, well, where do I find that purpose? Well, everything, absolutely everything, gets started in Christ and finds its purpose in Him. Look at Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 11. Ephesians, the first chapter in the 11th verse says this. And I want you to read this with me, if you would, reading from the message. Ready? Read. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, had His eyes on us, had designs on us for glorious living. You see, until you get to know Christ, it's one thing to be saved, but it's another thing to be saved and to know Him. The Apostle Paul said this, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection. Until you really get to know your Creator, you'll just be going along in life, veering to the right and veering to the left. But when you get to know Him, you can discover what He's made you for. You find this through the resurrection of Jesus for your life. Say it with me, His purpose and His plans for me are good. He's got good plans. He doesn't have evil plans. Matter of fact, he doesn't have anything evil about him at all. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the father of lights with whom there's no variableness, neither shadow of turning. I believe I'm going to prophesy this over you today. He is good and he will do good to you all the days of your life. That's for every section, but I'm going to get over to this section. I'm going to prophesy over you. Surely, goodness and mercy is going to follow you all the days of your life. 
Woo! Somebody shout, Amen! Oh, I love it. His plans, His purposes are good. And to give you a bright future. And to give you a hope. The second benefit that I want to talk to you about today is because of the resurrection, not only do you have a purpose and a plan, but He also gives you power for every problem that you'll ever face. Say with me, power for every problem that I would ever face. This power is available to you and me. Look at Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 19 and verse 20. We look at this from the New Living Translation. This is our prayer. I pray for you that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power. For us who what? Believe Believe Him. In other words, we plug into this resurrection power with our faith. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated Him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. I love how the Amplified says it. He says it this way. This power is immeasurable, it is unlimited, and is is surpassing. The greatness of His power is available to you. Say this with me. I have present day power for my daily life. Now, Ray Stedman pastored on the peninsula for a number of years. I think Chip Ingram actually was his person that followed him. Ray said this. He said, remember that he who rose from the dead rose to pour out his Holy Spirit into human lives. And by that Spirit to make available to any individual all the fullness of himself 24 hours a day. Woo, hallelujah. How many of you have ever called upon the name of Jesus in your midnight hour and God sent forth His glory and His power and delivered you from all of your enemies? Amen? Oh, it's a good thing. This is the power, guys, that defeated death. And it's for believers. This same power is sufficient for you every day and in every emergency. And that's my prayer for you, that you would get an understanding of the hope of your call. And that you would come to a greater understanding of His great power toward you as you believe. In Romans the 8th chapter, in the 11th verse, it says this, But if the Spirit of Him that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you. How many of you know the Holy Ghost is in you? The Spirit of Him that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you. He that raised Christ from the dead, what will he do? He will also quicken your what? Your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Oh, that's good news right there. The spirit of the Lord spoke to me one time and he said, It is my will for my people to experience continual quickenings in their lives every day. Continual quickenings. Continuous quickenings. You see, we were quickened from death to life. That has to do with our spirit. But did you know that you can be quickened in your mind? Did you know that God can so quicken you in your mind that you live in the worry-free, anxiety-free zone? We need to understand this. 
The Jesus who is alive today is our shepherd. And you know what he does as our shepherd? He leads us and guides us, but he also restores our soul. He can take a soul that was deranged by sin. He can just take a person that has distractions of mind. And he can take that soul and he can make it whole again. Say it with me. He restores my soul. In Peter, it says this, that he is the bishop or the superintendent of our souls. Now that means that he's watching over your soul. He's watching over your life to protect it. I know what it's like to have a restored soul. Before I came to Christ, I was a drug addict and my soul was about 99% gone. But when I came to Jesus and made him my Lord and Savior and got filled with the Holy Spirit and took his word and applied it on a daily basis, I can tell you today that he restored my soul. I went from four F's and a D minus in high school to a B plus average. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, God can make you quick. He can make you bright. He can make you sharp. He can even make you better, better looking than you are right now. He is the restorer of paths to dwell in. He is the restorer of your soul. He is the one that's looking out for you. Amen. He's got continuous quickenings for you. You know, maybe you've been married 30 years. Maybe you've been married 10 years. And you feel like something's died in your marriage. You feel like you have a house, but you no longer have a home. Listen, folks, God who quickens the dead can quicken a marriage. I thought I'd get a better amen on that. I said, God who quickens the dead can quicken a marriage. He can quicken a friendship. He can, hey, glory to God, I'm preaching now. He can quicken a dead career. Somebody says, well, I feel, Pastor Mark, I'm at the end of my road. I feel like I'm at a dead-end street. Just wait just a minute. Newsflash. You are primed for a resurrection. See, only humans, human beings resuscitate. But Jesus is the resurrected one who can resurrect any area of your life. Oh, hallelujah. The fact of the matter is, some of you are here this morning, and you're on the edge of giving up. I've got a word from the throne of grace for you. Don't do it. God brought you here today to hear this word. Don't you dare give up, but look up. Don't quit. Get connected. Say with me, I'm primed for a resurrection in my life. The apostle Paul faced great opposition. And here's what he said. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8 through 10. And I want to look at the message translation. I want you to pull it up if you can. This is so rich and so good. I'll start. He said, we don't want you in the dark, friends, about how hard it was when all this came down on us in the Bay Area. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8 through 10 in the message, if we can. That's fine if you can't. All of this came down on us in Asia province. Amen. It was so bad, we didn't even think that we were going to make it. Anybody ever been there? I mean, it was just so bad, you just didn't think you were going to make it. But I see you're alive today. I see you made it. 
Because Jesus is your way maker. Next verse. We felt like we'd been sent to death row. That it was all over for us. But as it turned out, it was the best thing that could have happened. Why? Because instead of trusting in our own strength or wits to get out of it, we were forced to trust God. We were forced to trust God. How? I wonder what would happen in your life if you just said, okay, that's it. This resurrection Sunday morning, I'm going to purpose in my heart to trust God totally. That's what Paul did. Notice the last phrase. Read it with me. Not a bad idea since he's the God. It's a good idea to trust him. You see, some people trust in chariots. They trust in their money. They trust in their career. They trust in their husband. They trust in their wife. No, we must trust in the mighty name above every name. We must place our trust in him. Notice with me in verse 10. Did you wear your shouting clothes? Verse 10. And he did it. He did it. And you know what else? He'll do it again. He'll do it again for you right now. He did it. He rescued us from certain doom. And he will do it again. Rescuing us as many times as we need rescuing. Woo! Glory to God. Somebody say amen. I just dropped by to tell you if God can raise a dead Jesus, he can raise a dead marriage. If God can raise a dead Jesus, he can raise a dead friendship, a dead career, a dead body. He can raise a dead dream. After all, he is the risen one. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. God's love is extended to all who will call upon him. See, he saved us, but he's still saving us. No, we don't come to the altar to get born again again, but we face life's experiences and we need a savior in the midst of that hospital room. We need a savior while we're paying the bills. Come on, somebody. We need a savior. We need a savior to save us. And whoever calls upon the name of the Lord is going to be saved. The third benefit I want to talk to you as Michelle comes up preparing to sing. What we know for certain is this, is that Jesus not only has a great purpose, not only great power for our problems, but thank God he's got a place for you and me after we die. You see, he said, in my father's house, there are many mansions. He said, if it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. You know what this proves to us today? It proves to me and you that there's more to life than here and now. Death is not the end. One day our hearts will stop or we'll be raptured. But the good news is this. You are an eternal being and you are made to last forever. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me, even though he dies, he'll live again. That's not reincarnation, my brothers and sisters. That's resurrection. (laughs) Hallelujah. He has given us eternal life for believing in me and will never perish. You see, Jesus 
is the source of all hope. You'll never find hope ultimately in anything but God. If you put your hope in a job, it'll let you down. If you put your hope in a savings account, it can let you down. If you put your hope in another person, they can disappoint you. Because people cannot possibly meet your every need. But we serve a God who meets every need. Hope is not a principle. I mean, hope is is not a program. It's not found in a pill. Hope is a person. And as you get to know Jesus and the power of His resurrection, there's nothing that can stand between you and Him. Nothing in your past. Come on, somebody. Nothing in your present. And nothing in your future can cause His power to be hindered. Amen. I ran across a quote recently. It says, When He first breathed into us in Genesis, He gave us His life. When He released His last breath for us on the cross, He gave us eternal life. I love that. The Scripture says, Before you even spoke a word, you were singing over me. Psalms 32 says that He is our hiding place and He preserves us from trouble and He compasses us about with songs of deliverance. I believe that the head of the church is singing songs over us today. It's a song of deliverance. It's a song of mercy. And it's a song of grace. Paul said it like this, that there's not ever going to be anything that will ever separate you from the love of God. And then he said, I've discovered this. If love is for me, what difference does it make who's against me? And then he ended the eighth chapter of Romans by saying, look, guys, in all these things, we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. You see, by grace, you're saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. You see, salvation is a free gift. Not only salvation from sin, but salvation from all of the stuff that is in this world that tries to get in us and get on us. Deliverance and protection from anything and everything that we face in life. So great a Savior, so great a salvation. And today, I want to pray for many of you today. And I believe that this great resurrection power is going to take some of you that have been off course. You're going to make that correction in your spirit, and then you're going to get back on course today. On this Easter Sunday of April 1st, 2018, many of you are going to make a decision. I haven't been on very, very faithful. I haven't been on fire for God. I've been a little lukewarm in my walk. I've been a little not very faithful to the Word. But today, you're going to make some corrections. And here's what's going to happen. When you do that, you're going to see some other things in your life that have been out of line get back in line. See, that's what happens when we get off course. Things around us get off course. Things get out of alignment. God's got a perfect will and has got a perfect alignment for you. I want to pray with you today. 
I believe that there's going to be some heartfelt commitments. So as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, if you're here today and you say, Pastor, you know, that's me. I've gotten off course a little bit. And I just choose in my heart today the most important thing on this Resurrection Sunday. And that is a complete and total dedication and a commitment to the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then there's others of you here today that you maybe need to, to, to answer the question where Jesus asked his disciples, Whom do you say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say thou art Elias or one of the prophets. But Jesus said, Who do you say that I am? And Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus looked at him and said, Peter, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. Listen, friends, if you've not called Christ the Son of the living God, if you have any doubt in your soul, in your mind, that once you leave this place... If you have any doubt of what your destination is going to be, you need to call upon the name of the Lord Jesus today. Now here's something else that I want to share with you because we've got about five minutes left in this service. Oftentimes when an altar call goes out like this, the enemy works the hardest. People are thinking about their ham in the oven. They're thinking about their relatives waiting for them at home. And I didn't preach a long message to you today, and you should be thankful for that. (laughs) But what the Spirit of the Lord showed me Thursday night is during this time, the enemy will try to keep you in the zone of indecisiveness. The Bible says, choose you this day whom you will serve. Choose you this day who you will call on in your time of trouble. So as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I want to pray. For those folks that want to make those course corrections. And I want to pray for those that want to call on the name of the Lord and make Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior. As every head is bowed, every eye is closed, and saints are in an attitude of prayer. All of you that want prayer in those regards, I want you to slip your hand up at the same time right now. All over this auditorium. Yes, thank you. All over this auditorium, there's several hands going up. I'm going to wait. There's one in the back. There's one over here. There's one here, one there, one here. Yes, I see those hands. All over this auditorium. There's still people that are in that balance of decision. We bind the enemy in the name of Jesus. And we set you free right now from that indecisiveness. If you put your hand up, you may put it down. I'm going to ask one more time. Everyone who wants prayer to get back on course or to make Jesus their Lord and Savior... And I'm going to do exactly what I said I would do. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to believe with you along with others. And we're going to call upon the resurrected one for salvation and to help you in your life.